What if making your job search easier and more effective didn't actually mean more work? What if we didn't think about how much work we could do, but rather how little work we could do and still generate interviews and job offers? These are questions that I have been asking myself and thinking through with clients for nearly a decade. And today I wanna share some simple job search swaps that you can make today for better, faster results in your search. Welcome back to Reimagining Ambition. Your relationship to work and your career have changed over the last few years. And that means the same old career advice just won't do. I'm Jen Walker-Wall, career strategist, resume writer, and founder of Work Wonders Careers. If you're looking to ditch overthinking and hustle culture and pursue work and life in alignment with your values and priorities, you're in the right place. Welcome to Reimagining Ambition. Hey everyone, welcome back to Reimagining Ambition. I am your host, Jen Walker-Wall, and I'm here today because I am obsessed with making things as easy and efficient as possible. I don't like doing too much work. I'm a big believer in the 80-20 rule where like, 20% of the work gets you 80% of the results. People are very attached to this idea that a job search is like having another whole job. I do see people sort of have the experience where I can I can see why. And it's usually people who are interviewing with multiple people, multiple organizations at the same time. That is indeed going to be super consuming, like energetically, time-wise, it's going to be a commitment. But so much of the job search is getting to that point, right? We don't start off with multiple rounds of interviews. And when that's the case, I don't think it should feel like another whole job. I like to pay attention to strategies and tactics that work. I like to leverage people's strengths. And most importantly, I like to iterate and improve as we go. That way we're making progress from day one. I actually have a lot of job search swap ideas. So if you think you want a part two, you let me know because I could I could do a part two for you. But let me dive in with today's list. Job search number one, swap over work for rest and or better boundaries. A good portion of the folks I see who, who show up wanting a new job are exhausted, have been treated terribly, are burned out, are, are really to say they're burning the candle at both ends is probably an understatement. And they usually also bring a strong desire to be out of the job they're currently in, and they wanna dive in full steam. But what I have found is really the case for these people, if they wanna be strategic and effective, they're going to need more rest, they're going to need more boundaries around the current work situation they're in, and they are going to need more self-compassion. That's a tough pill for busy, ambitious people to swallow sometimes. The good news is I think there are some small changes that can have a big impact here, right? So can you pick a few days of the week where you are absolutely going to leave work on time? Can you take some PTO? Can you have some plans on the books with people who love and support you so you have things to look forward to? I can see why people don't think this helps their job search, but it helps you. And if it helps you, it will help your job search especially again for people who are in really toxic, unhappy work situations when you're really, really eager to leave. 
your job search cannot run on empty. And that's really what I think the situation often looks like to me when when they arrive, like looking for a new job is like you're running on you're running on empty and taking care of yourself, giving yourself downtime, having things to look forward to, like the basics sometimes of self-care, that's fuel for your job search. It will help you make decisions, better decisions. It will help you stay the course. It will probably make work a little more tolerable for short periods of time. So managing that stress is just as critical as jumping into the job search process. And this is really where I prefer very busy, burned out people start. My second job search swap is to focus on resonating with people instead of focusing on impressing people. I see this at every stage in the search process. From wanting to put everything you've ever done on your resume so that you can impress with the breadth of your work experience to over prepping for interviews because you want to know everything there is to know about the opportunity in the organization. We do this because we want people to like us. We want people to hire us. And that is like it is important to have a connection and to do that and to do some prep work, right? And to be strategic in what we're communicating, especially when we're using our resumes. But for the people that I work with, you know, we're looking at mid and senior career people. Impressing people is not where it's at. It's not the best strategy. So often when I ask clients, how did the interview go? They tell me how they performed in the interview. Oh, I really struggled with this question or I panicked, you know, or, you know, it's always about their performance. But what I want to hear was how was the experience? What did you learn? How are you treated? Are you more or less interested in the opportunity? And it's really interesting to me how many clients like don't actually think about those questions until we're back in a session together because they're just focused on, did those people like me? Were they impressed by me? Do they want to hire me? I really prefer looking for resonance when you are interviewing and looking for your next job. Resonance to me is about like a mutual, mutually beneficial connection. You are able to offer candid, honest answers you know, relatively honest. I know we're all, we're not being, we're not being 110% honest in job interviews. I do think that's okay. But we want to be honest enough so that if we do get this job and we show up, these people know what they're getting, right? And you're setting yourself up to be hired by people who appreciate your values, appreciate your expertise, who want someone like you on the team. And when we over-focus on impressing people, all of the, the critical things that we need to be doing, the due diligence that we owe ourselves gets greatly minimized. And the degree to which we will twist ourselves into a pretzel for other people gets amplified. If you have you know, eight or more years of professional experience, that's probably 95% of the people listening right now, your job is not just to impress. You are a puzzle piece and you are looking for a place to contribute, to belong. You need to have expectations in this process. You need to assess how you are treated. A lot of times, and I see this a lot in tech and I see this a lot in academia, when people describe 
uh, interview where they didn't do well, it often is evident to me that the person doing the interviewing was unprepared. And sometimes the interviewer was rude as all hell. And sometimes my clients don't even have an awareness of it. Like their, their baseline for how they should be treated can be low, right? They, we can expect interviews to be hostile. I don't know who needs to hear this, but I do not expect an interview to be hostile, okay? When I was working in hiring, even when we would bring candidates in and it would become evident right away for one reason or another, like we were not gonna move forward with them, they were still treated well. You are giving up your time to help them in a process. People should be kind to you. People should be polite. People should apologize when they're running exceptionally late. People should take time to answer your questions. I don't want my clients playing defense when we should be playing offense. Now, this is not me telling you don't prepare for an interview, but it is me telling you what does your preparation process look like? Is it you trying to remember and perfectly articulate, you know, canned answers? Or do you also have some expectations and goals about what you'd like to learn and experience as an interviewee, right? I think it needs to include that. So if it doesn't, please fold that into the mix here. Job search swap number three. Instead of thinking you need to send cold emails to new contacts to network, consider asking your friends and colleagues for introductions. In case you missed our last episode, which was on emails you can send to nurture your relationships, I'm going to recommend that you check that out. I like to make networking easy, and that often means starting with who we know and who's already in our network. So what I want to encourage you to do, if you have your eyes and heart set on a specific organization or a specific industry, I want you to go through the contacts of folks in your network. You can do this so easily on LinkedIn and see if you can find second or maybe third degree connections. And instead of just, you know, cold messaging them, check in with your mutual connection and ask if you can reach out and mention your name. I do this a lot with clients. I always say like, go through my contacts and then let me know who you find. And if it's someone I actually know and not just someone I, you know, a random person that I connected with and I can't tell you how or when I last spoke to them, if ever, I will absolutely say like, mention my name. And that way they don't have to wait for me to have the time to send that intro email. It's more effective than cold networking because having that person or that relationship, maybe, you know, they went to the same college as you, like there can be a second degree connection that maybe doesn't involve people, but involves interests, uh, shared institutions, shared experiences. That's another thing that I think can kind of count here. We want to leverage those second and third degree opportunities. It's like a little social lubricant for the networking efforts. And I think it's much more effective to start there than it is to just start sending a bunch of cold emails to new contacts. Job search swap number four. Instead of allowing your applications and specifically like the tailoring of your applications is what I'm referring to. Instead of allowing that process to take forever set a timer. I hear pretty frequently that people think tailoring a resume takes too long. And if you are my client, you know where I stand on this. That is time well spent. Now look at, look at this, listen to this podcast. I am not someone who wastes people's time on purpose. We spend time on things that matter. And tailoring your resume 
is one of the most effective things you can do to really generate interest in your candidacy for different opportunities. I highly recommend you invest your time in this way. It's part of the reason I don't like wasting people's time in other ways, because this is where your time is well spent. But here's what I, I tell my clients, my clients who are listening will, will find this process familiar. When you learn to tailor your resume the way we tailor resumes here, you will have a clear process. You will have a clear structure. It will take you three to five applications to be able to do it more efficiently. The first three to five, I'm not gonna lie, they're a doozy, okay? They're a doozy for most people. The level of alignment and directness is an unnatural way for people to write and communicate. It's an effective way in this instance, but it's it's unnatural. I've been writing this way for a decade. I can do it really quickly. But if you don't have a decade's worth of experience, it's going to take you a little bit longer. But it but it it won't last forever, right? Like you will speed up the process. But even clients who are very apt, right? Who can, you know, efficiently and successfully tailor their own resumes can spend too long doing it or cannot have the time perhaps or the energy or the focus to do it as well as they would like. And the saying that we have in our community with our clients is the best kind of resume is a submitted resume. So set a timer. If you've got 20 minutes, set a timer for 20 minutes. If you've got five minutes, set a timer for five minutes. There's really no need to set a timer for longer than like 30 or 40 minutes. And you're probably only going to need that much time to tailor your resume when you're at the beginning stages of learning how to do that. Okay. Something is better than nothing. A submitted application is better than no application at all. And honestly, if you're really well qualified, then this doubly counts here. So keep that in mind. Like a lot of times the tailoring is important because we're trying to bring certain things to the surface um, that are maybe not at the top of a person's work experience. But some people are supremely well qualified for the jobs that they're looking for. And you'd have to almost go out of your way to not be a clear qualified applicant. So I want you to set a timer and I want you to hit submit. And I want you to tell yourself, instead of, instead of focusing on submitting perfect resumes, I want you to focus on getting better each time you submit them. I want you to focus on getting faster each time that you do that. I love a timer. I love a countdown. You know, if you're someone who works great under pressure, I highly recommend it. And of course, if you're not someone who, who doesn't like working under pressure, it's still an effective tool, right? Like it, it sort of frees you from having to obsess over this indefinitely. And it's a way to create some structure for yourself that I think can be really helpful and is going to be really important to help you stay the course in your job search. All right. Now... I have more job search swaps. Should I do another job search swap podcast episode? Send me a DM on Instagram or LinkedIn and let me know. I hope this podcast episode offers you some obvious ways to make your job search easier. I love saving time. I love not wasting time. But I also, I think part of the the reason the this process looks the way it does for so many of our clients is I want people to be able to make the best possible decisions for themselves. And that means not being so exhausted and burned out that they take the first thing that's offered to them. Sometimes that's a good offer. Sometimes that is worth taking, but oftentimes it's not, or at least it's worth thinking about and not feeling obligated to take it, right? 
And you have to take care of yourself in this process. You have to look out for yourself in this process. And when we fail to do that, and it's easy to fail to do that because we all have a million things going on and would love for the job search process to just be over as soon as it begins, we lose some of the tools that we need. We lose the opportunity to focus on alignment. We lose the opportunity to focus on our needs and goals. And that's really what we help people do here. Like we help people hold both, to both position yourself as a strong applicant and candidate and also look out for your own needs and goals in this process. All right, that's enough for me today. Thank you so much for listening. I would love to hear your thoughts on today's episode. Feel free to DM me on LinkedIn or Instagram, and we'll be back here soon with a new episode for you. Take care. Thanks for joining us this week on Reimagining Ambition. While you're here, please hit subscribe or follow and make sure you always get our latest episodes. And if you'd like endless gratitude from yours truly, please consider leaving a review. It really helps our podcast attract new listeners. If you're looking for a hands-on career, job search, and resume support, well, that's what we do best. Come on over to workwonderscareers.com and learn how we help mission-driven professionals like you make career moves that matter.